0: to worship together. Thank you, worship team. It was awesome. Uh, I, I came from Long Beach right now, and I'm telling you, it, I've just been in tears. God is good. God, he meets us when we want to be met. Amen? When we want to encounter him, he encounters us. Right, Pastor? God is good. Ah, God is good. Um, I, I want to clarify the sabbatical. So pa- Pastor Brian's officially on sabbatical. Mine starts next month, which is why we're teaching a four-week series in the month of May entitled From Pain to Prayer. So Pastor Kenny and myself are going to the different campuses. Um, But before I get into the message, two things. Number one, we're going to release our youth. And we're going to encourage everybody between the ages of 12 and 18 to please go up and get fed the word of God. The other thing we want to do also, and I want to share a testimony, is that anytime time we pray for pain, it seems that God answers our prayer, whether it's one person or a few people. So at Carson this morning, someone testified that when we prayed for pain to go away, uh, they got healed and the pain left. And then I got another testimony that when we prayed last week, at our Long Beach campus, one of the mothers in the church who'd had back pain for three years has no more back pain. It left that day. So I want to encourage you, whether the pain leaves immediately or whether it takes a little bit of time, be encouraged that God is still a God who heals. Amen? He heals our pain. So I want just to take a moment to... Anyone that may be experiencing physical pain, I want to give you an invitation um, to just take a step of faith. And if that's you, I want to ask you to just raise your right hand and put it on that area of your body that you're experiencing pain. And we're going to believe by faith collectively that that pain is going to leave your body right away. Amen. That's our prayer right now. So in Jesus' name, we take up our spiritual authority in the power of the name of Jesus, and we command pain that is attached to any portion of your body to leave you now, to take an exit and get out of your body now in the name of Jesus. And Father, we thank you and ask that your healing be perfected amongst your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you receive a testimony of healing from pain, I encourage you to share that with us because it's just something about testimonies of God's goodness. So share that with us, your campus pastor, and we'll just continue for the month of May especially to pray that pain go away. So last week, we began our series, as I mentioned, a four-week series entitled From Pain to prayer, and that's based out of First Chronicles chapter four, verse nine and ten. So we're going to continue our uh, series today. If you were here last week, it was week one, and we introduced this book, these two books of Chronicles, as the books of hope, because in those two books, God was giving, very specifically, giving His people hope hope because they had just been in captivity for 70 years. He was giving them hope. He wanted them to see not just the past, but the future that what God did for them before he can do it again. And I want to remind you and I, by the way, that's God's mission. And it's our mission at chapel of change to give you fresh hope and we're going to do that today by looking once again into the life of Jabez. We're going to receive by God's grace hope and encouragement and inspiration from the life of Jabez. Now I want you to turn with me to 1 Chronicles chapter 4 verse 10. And we were looking at the life of Jabez last week whose story stood out. And there was three reasons why. When you you look at that passage, those two passages, three things at least stand out almost immediately. And number one is that he was a man of character, right? He was a man of honor. But also what stood out was his name. You see, he had a problem. The problem was his name because his name meant pain. But also, his, his prayer. And that's what we're going to be focusing on today. He had a prayer. He had a prayer. So let's go ahead and begin in First Chronicles 4, verse 9. Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. His mother had named him Jabez, saying, I gave birth to him in pain. Verse 10, Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, and this is what he said. Now, this is what you and I are taking note of right now. This is Jabez's prayer. He says, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me, And keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And what did God do? He granted Jabez his request. So here we find Jabez crying. Let me tell you that that word O signifies a cry. When people said oh in the te- in the new and the old testament that was heartfelt that was desperate that was a plea for God to answer to intervene like now and so he is crying. It's not a passive prayer. It's a very bold prayer. It's a prayer of boldness that happens to be recorded in the Old Testament, which I believe is a prophetic invitation for you and I. Because in the New Testament, he says in chapter uh, 4, verse 16 of Hebrews, therefore, let us, that's you and you and me, let us, therefore, Come boldly into the throne room of grace to receive mercy and help from God in our time of need. So God invites us to come boldly, not timidly, but boldly. And and I want us to see what Jabez begins to do. He he has these four bold prayer requests, and I'm going to list them again because we're unpacking one by one each week. The first one was, oh, that you would bless me. And the second was, enlarge my territory. The third was, let your hand be with me. And fourthly, keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. Now, we already unpacked the first one, which was God bless me. And, and we learned and it reminded us that God is able to do what we can. He is able, no matter what situation we find ourselves in, he's able to bring about a blessing instead of pain. He's, a, he's able to turn whatever painful situation around for you and me. That's the goodness of God. And so God hears this prayer. Prayer request number two. Say two. So the second prayer request which we're going to go over today was this. Enlarge my territory. This was very intentional. It very intentional. Uh, Jabez begins to ask God to enlarge his territory. To enlarge means to expand, to increase, to grow larger. He's asking God for something more, something more than what he already has. He's asking God this on the basis of Genesis chapter 1, 27 and 28. So we're going to go there once again. We went there last week. We're going back because I want to take us a little farther in that scripture today. This is what he said. This is what the word of God says in Genesis 127. He says, so God created man in his own image, male and female. He created them. Then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Be fruitful and multiply. You see this desire for more was actually not your idea. It was placed there by God's design from the beginning. He said, be fruitful and multiply. That's a term for enlargement. So Jabez says, enlarge my territory. But what did he mean behind this request? And what was he really after? That's what I want us to think about today. And by God's grace, I'm going to help us see the why behind his prayer for God to enlarge his territory. Last week, we learned the why behind the blessing. There was a purpose for God blessing his people. But there's also a purpose for why God would enlarge your territory or give you more. There's a purpose. and What I want us to see when we take a closer look... In the life of Jabez is that we see this in light of who he was. Number one, that he was a man of honor. He was a man of honor that came from the tribe of Judah. And he was a man who had a close relationship with God. So I want you to see this ask in light of Jabez's perspective. He wanted more territory for the glory of God. Now, I want us to see what this word really means. You see, a territory is an area. It's an area. It can signify a geographic area, meaning land. It can also signify an area of knowledge such as a field of expertise, but it can also signify an area of the heart, a space allocated for a specific purpose, a space that something or someone can occupy. I want us to see what this territory means. Because Jabez prayed, enlarge my territory. And what he was really after and what he really wanted was more of God and more for God. Did you catch that? He wanted more of God and he wanted more for God. He wanted to be more. He wanted to do more. And ultimately, he wanted to have more for the sole purpose of the glory of God. He wanted to impact and expand the kingdom of God. And as a matter of fact, I want us to understand that many Scholars believe that this was actually a request based on a spiritual nature more than that of a physical nature. And so there's three things that I want us to see, three things that we're going to extract from this prayer request today, three types of territory that he wanted to enlarge. And the first one was that he wanted To enlarge the territory of his heart. He wanted to enlarge the territory of his heart. That place of God, that space that God occupied in his life, in his heart, he understood needed to enlarge first and foremost that territory. In Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 3, 9, Apostle Paul, he's speaking to the church. He's speaking to us. And he's saying this. He says, he says, we are God's fellow workers, but you are God's field. You are God's field. And you see, the thing is, with the field, it can have some dry patches. A field can have some rocks and some briars and some thorny bushes. There, there can be some junk In the field. And so what Jabez was really after is that he wanted God to to remove all hindrances and all restraints that were keeping him from growing in his capacity to love God. In other words, he wanted to make more room, more space in his life to love God and to bring him glory. That's what he wanted more of. And we see this in the Psalms. 119.32. one nineteen thirty-two, 1932 the psalmist says this i will run the course of your commands for you shall enlarge my heart he wanted god to enlarge the capacity of his heart you see before god gives us anything before God gives us any type of territory, he's going to start in the territory of our heart. It has to be that way. It has to be that way, and part of it is for our protection. We Many of us don't even know why we want more. We know the desire for more is there because it was placed there by God, but many of us have not come to the understanding of why we want more. We just think it's just more because God wants to bless us. Let me tell you that a lot of us have fallen for that prosperity gospel, that name it and claim it. You're just going to ask God for whatever because he's a good God that wants to bless me no matter what I do with the, with the blessing. That's not how it works with God. Whatever you want more of is always going to have to be to glorify God. It just has to be that way. That's God. He wanted to to multiply his image across the land, across the face of the earth. That's why he said to be fruitful and multiply. So we got to understand first and foremost, it's going to start in our heart. It's got to start in our heart. It's for our protection. God wants to make sure we can handle what he wants to give us. But the second thing I want us to see is an area that many people don't realize they've fallen into. And it can happen anywhere. Not just outside the church, but inside the church. It can happen to anyone. And this is what Jabez understood, which was why he asked for an expansion or an enlargement of the territory of his heart. He wanted also... For God to enlarge, number two, the territory of his influence. And do you know why? Because Jabez understood that the influence God was going to give him was to impact the kingdom of God. He wanted his territory to increase, to claim generations for God. He wanted his territory, his area of influence to be greatly enlarged for the glory of God. That's why he wanted it. Do you catch the pattern? Everything that we have is for the glory of God. And this is the reason for which God gives his people influence. I want to bring us back to 2 Corinthians 10:15, the ESV version. This is what Apostle Apostle said. He said, We do not boast beyond limit in the labors of others, but our hope, our hope, is that as your faith increases, our area of influence among you may be greatly enlarged. Why would Paul want more influence? Was it for his personal satisfaction so he can have this great name and fame so he can have this high level of position and notoriety? Is that why Paul wanted his his area of influence to be greatly enlarged? No, it was for the soul glory, not ours, but there's a temptation to want the attention, and I'm speaking to the church right now, there's a temptation to want the attention, we get a pat on the back, we get a clap, we get some type of affirmation, and now all of a sudden, what started out as something good ends up bad because we made it about us now and not about God that's why we must always go before God and as we said last week let him diagnose the motive of our heart why are we asking why are we asking for more and particularly why would we even want influence why would we want to be in a place of influence why do we want a position? Is it for attention? Are we trying to put on a show or a performance? Or are we really living this thing? Are we? Like, is this real for us? Like, like can we find ourselves guilty of being real for God with no uh or ill-gotten motive? We have to ask ourselves that. God already knows. He already knows. We have to know. We we don't take the time to ask God where the motive for the more is at. That's why God enlarges the territory of our heart first. See, God wants to give us more. It's in his word. He wants to give us more. More. There's grace for more. There's grace for enlargement. But with it also comes danger. You see, if a man or woman increases in influence but has improper motives, that is not true enlargement. You know what that is? Entrapment. Entrapment. Because what this person is actually doing is building a prison for themselves, Only to be held captive by the spirit of pride and the spirit of greed. And so they become captive to their own request. God wants us to see. He wants us to have eyes to see. He said, blessed are the eyes that can see. He wants our perspective in the right place so he's bringing truth. What about us? Where are we? Many of us, no doubt, have been asking God for more. We've been asking God to give us more. But what we don't realize is that to whom much is given, much Much is required. Much is required. The greater the gain, the greater the sacrifice. That's how it works in the kingdom of God. The greater the gain, the greater the sacrifice. It's going to cost you something. There's going to be a price to pay. He says, so whom much is given, much will be required. I remember when God began to wake me up and God began to lead me to pray more. And I didn't understand it why, but I was just engaging and, 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 and just fellowshipping and just loving what God was doing. But then he began to tell me to do more. And he began after hour upon hour in the early morning hours of spending time with him turned into sleepless nights because now he wanted me up at midnight and two in the morning praying with little kids, and a company. But I began, to, I began to, to, to pray and to pray and to pray more than I'd ever prayed before. And then God began to give me prayer assignments. And I remember one of those specific prayer assignments was to pray over the Free Methodist denomination. I remember, Pastor Kenya, it was still the green book. And I remember taking that out of my cabinet at 4 in the morning, and holding it in my hand, and I began to pray over the leadership and the entire denomination, and I began to pray that God would spark a fire, a sanctification, a holy conviction upon everybody, the newest member to the bishop, and I began to pray and pray and pray that way, and I was just praying for six months, praying for a move of God and a prayer movement, and then it happened. God asked me, to host a regional prayer summit and I did I said okay God and then he asked me to host a national prayer summit and I said okay God but then recently he asked me to participate in prayer on a global setting and I hesitated You see, God said to me, this is not about you. This is not about you. I did not wake you up for you. I did not give you this assignment for your benefit. I said, To whom much is given, much will be required. And he came knocking on my door and he said, Now it's time to go farther. And I didn't at first, but then I said, Lord, how? And he said, Just do what you did before. Set your face like Flint and move like a locomotive. Just go, just go. Because one day, one day you will see my face. One day, all of this will be over and you will see my face. And I want to hear those words from God. Well done. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You see, we can't half step. We cannot half step. This is not a game that we get to play with God. Either we're all in or we're not in. We have to make that choice. There's no room for complacency or convenience or compromise. None. If we're in, we have to be all in no matter the cost. And so God is asking today, can we be trusted? For the more that we're asking. When God opens a door for you, he expects you to walk through it. To walk through it. And Jabez was prepared to steward what was given to him in light of this perspective. God could trust Jabez. So what did he do? He granted him that request. But there's a third area that I want us to see that I believe God also wants to give to us, and that's to enlarge the territory of our land. That's what Jabez was asking to enlarge the territory of his land. You see, God gives us land, He gives us buildings. We're in a building. He gives us homes. He gives us property. It's not that he doesn't want to. It's not that we're selfish for wanting land or buildings. But with it comes a condition. There's a condition. And the condition we find is in Deuteronomy 19. And let me read beginning in verse 8. This is the first word that the Lord starts with. He says, if, if, that's a conditional word. It means if you do this, then I'll do that. And he says, if the Lord, your God, enlarges your territory as he promised on oath to your ancestors, by the way, they are our ancestors too, because we're in the family of God now. And gives you the whole land he promised them. Because you carefully follow all these laws I command you today. To love the Lord your God with all your heart. The New Testament says. And to walk always in obedience to him. Then you are to set aside three more cities. More He's giving more. There's more in store. He said, "Then I will set aside three more cities. He wanted to give them more. He wants to give us more. But what we have to understand is that when God enlarges our land, there's a command. Many people in the body of Christ don't understand this. They just want to buy land, or they just want to acquire property. They just want to add to their portfolio. They just want to increase their 401K. They just want to retire. They're doing all this asking for more without knowing why. You see, it's easy to ask for more. We do it all the time. God, give me this. God, give me that. God, give me this. That's the easy part. But there's a reason why God would give you more. There's a reason why God would give us more. And there's a condition. There's a command. Unfortunately, there are so many so many that have been hijacked, if you will, in their perspective. Of how God sees things. Hijacked by the enemy. He turned something that was meant to be good in our life and he skewed it and he distorted it. And now there's greed. God wanted us to be fruitful and to multiply, he wanted to give us more. But the problem is, we fell for the trick of the enemy. God wanted us to prosper, he wanted our soul to prosper. But the devil flipped the script and said, oh, you want more? i give you more. And it turned into a prosperity gospel, not a Jesus-loving gospel. And everybody in the world or throughout the world had their motive off base and began asking God. name it and claim it and it belongs to me and I have it and it's got to be mine. It's got to be mine because God says he wants to give me more and God wants to bless me more and that's his heart and I believe it and I stand on it and I'm going to take what's mine. That's the wrong attitude. It wasn't asking for more. It was not asking for more. It was that they didn't want more of God. That was the problem. They wanted more for themselves. They wanted more for themselves. It was a selfish motive. They wanted to claim cars so they can look good in a Cadillac, not so that they can fill it and take people to church. They wanted a home that can look like the cover of country living for the wrong reason. So that everybody can tell them how beautiful their home is, but rarely let anybody in. Uh huh. That's why they wanted that home. So it can look real nice and real clean and real pristine, but let nobody in. Definitely no Bible study, definitely no fellowshipping. They might get coffee on my $1,000 rug. Why do we want more? Why do we want more? You see, I fell for this trap myself at one point. I remember, and I mentioned this to you guys, and I probably just mentioned it, but I want to mention it again. I remember as a young adult, I had my whole retirement laid out. I was, I was buying property across the nation. I was getting in my car. I was going to Texas. I was going to Tennessee. I was going to Florida. And I was buying, buying, buying. I had a plan for me. I was a Christian. I went to church. I served God. I gave God my tithes and my offerings. There was no question in that. But the problem was, I wanted more over here for myself. It was for me. It was for my convenience when I got older. It was for my retirement. It had nothing to do for more of God or more for God. That's not why. But I thank God that he intervened. You see, sometimes God will take something away from you, and you think it's to harm you, but it's to save you. Because if you continue on that path, you may go a wrong way, and you may never come back. He only gives you what he can trust you with. And let me tell you another strategy of the devil. Not everything you have came from God. Because there's a counterfeiter out there who's the enemy of our soul. And he also knows how to give his minions or his servants things. He gives them resources to perform their witchcraft. You think God's giving it to the witches? And they're real, by the way. It's not God. So we're asking and we're asking and we, and we think God is blessing me. I got this job. I got this car. I got this home. I got this spouse. I got all of this. Oh, yeah? Did it come from God? You know where you know if it came from God? Because the seed, the motive to do what was right came before the blessing, before the more. That's how you know if it was from God. Because your heart was in the right place. So when he gave it to you, he knew that he can trust you with it. That's why we have have to realign our perspective with God's perspective. Has our motive for the more been about self? Has it been all about the money? Or has it been about the kingdom? we're the only one that can answer that question. And we're the only one that will stand before God on that day. And he will know. We may not, but he will. I want us to take a moment for this next few minutes and just begin to shift. I want us to have an opportunity to reflect. I want us to download what God's word said to us, and I want us with no distractions and no movements, if at all possible, to just remain in a posture of reflection. And I'm going to ask one of our brothers, if they can come and just lead us in a time of reflection and worship on the keyboard. But I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and to close your eyes and to have a one One on one with the Lord. One on one. Without distractions. God says that His truth will set you free. So He's asking you, like He asked Adam in the beginning, where are you? Where are you? to warn his people today along with those in the old, the new and now he said in Mark eight thirty six. as we remain in this posture of reflection Jesus said for what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world yet loses his own soul think about that for a moment and then we're going to pray Asking you today, where are you? I'm looking for the you I created you to be. Where are you? Where have you gone? Father, we come before you. spirit of repentance God if we could be honest which we are because no one can hide from you we can see that we've drifted in some areas of our life We know, Lord, that it was your desire when you created us to bless us and to multiply us. We know, God, that it is your desire to give us your good and perfect gifts. But we ask, God, right now that you would go deep Go deep into the innermost place of our being. Begin to extract the truth. Begin to extract the truth. Begin to diagnose the motive of our heart. Begin to show us with unveiled faces as much as is possible even now. The truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth of where we are at today. We are asking God that you would diagnose the motive and the condition of our heart we don't want to leave with a false perspective we don't want to leave today without knowing where we stand before you god we don't want to be lied to we don't want the counterfeiter the devil to lie to us any longer We don't want these things for our own personal benefit. Help us, God, to want more for you and more of you. Help us in every area of our life, God, to take a spiritual magnifying glass and begin to look in every space and every place that we put our hand upon in our marriage. Help us to see the reason you gave us a spouse. Help us to see the reason you gave us children. Help us to see the reason you gave us a home or a car. Help us to understand that everything you've given to us has been and has always been and will always be for the sole purpose of magnifying you and bringing you glory. Help us, Lord God, to see, to see today. Let our eyes be blessed to see your word, to see your truth. And let our hearts be opened up today and be sensitive to what you are saying. Let us receive the truth in your word. We thank you, Lord God, that you love us. And we thank you, God, that even in your correction to us, that there is always mercy and grace behind the door to change and be transformed more and more into the image of Christ. Have your way, Lord God. We love you, we honor you, and we thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you. Amen. We're going to transition now as I call our pastor up to take us into a time of giving. God
1: Praise the Lord, church. Uh, let's thank God for that word. Come on. Thank you, Pastor Laura, for real talk, and we have to be responsible for what we heard. And I just want to say personally, thank you uh, for your labor in the word. Defeat uh, us. Somebody say, Amen. Come on, put your hands together. God is calling us to maturity. Uh, As we prepare, the usher is going to come and uh, give you a few announcements, uh, and then we'll pray over the offering. Uh, Father, thank you again. Father, thank you for this word uh, as we transition and give says you love a cheerful giver but you are such a giver God undeserving with your heart God may we have your heart of giving for the expansion of your kingdom we say thank you for this opportunity to give we just want to say thank you Uh, again thank you in advance in on behalf of Pastor Lord, Pastor Brian, our lead pastor. Uh, this is good soil. We're responsible for the Lord's money. It's the Lord's money and we want to do what God has called us to do for this work. So uh, right after the blessing, there's be a debit machine for those who like to give. And uh, let me just give you a couple of announcements before we release the ushers uh, on 521, uh, our very own Chapel of Change, Deaf Women's Tea Party at the Paramount Fellowship Hall at 8 a.m. Come on, come on, give it up. Come on, come on. Also on 521, the Kingsmen's Gathering. Uh, Any Kingsmen, come on. The Watchmen, the Watchmen, the Kingsmen will gather on 521 at the Carson Campus at 9 a.m. And on 528, the Abide uh, Women Gathering. They be showing off, No they? they? will be showing I can't even give the announcement before they start shouting. Let me try it again so I can give you all the full announcement. Amen. Uh, a Bible gathering at Paramount Campus. Somebody say amen. Now all the real men, we ain't going to let them get off like that. Come on. Come on, Kingsmen. We getting together too. Come on, get that base. Get that base. The men are meeting too. Amen. Let me get that base in there. And we will have discipleship groups uh, sign up uh, so you can uh, text discipleship groups. And so we have all that discipleship groups sign up. Make sure we want to stay connected. Amen. So make sure you sign up for a discipleship group. Uh, We're going to be meeting for eight weeks. This is very important for your spiritual growth. So we want everybody connected. Amen. Amen. At this time, we release the ushers to serve you at this time. God bless you as you give. y'all know it I'm going up a yonder this old school here I'm going up a yonder I dare you to get up I'm going up a yonder to be with my Lord here we go Oh, oh I'm going up a yonder going up a yonder I'm going up a yonder I'm going up a yonder to be with my Lord, oh, 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 oh. I'm, going I'm going up a yonder, yonder, going up yonder, I'm going up a yonder. Tell us about said. old school still work. I said, old school still work. Hey, man. Come on, stand to your feet before I bust a vein in here singing. Lord have mercy. I made, I made me think about my grandmama singing that. That's my grandmama song. How many glad they came? Amen. Let me get, let me, I did this for the 10 o'clock service. It's in my spirit. Uh, there's always an invitation. And so I challenged the 10 a.m. service to invite seven people. I did it at the Whittier campus. There's always an invitation. Sometimes we wait for a divine appointment. But by chance, this week, that there's people in pain that needs to move from pain to prayer. And I pray that this week... It's not about for us to try to get a big crowd. No, 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 no. There's somebody in pain. And they didn't get on this journey. And for the glory of God, I pray this week that for this service, that you would find seven people who's in pain, whose territory needs to be enlarged, and find the right motive for it. My God. So as pastor labors in the word, we're going to labor because for the glory of God, for the lost, the least, those who need salvation, that the presence of God is strong in this place. I thank God for the invitation. That's why I'm here today. And I accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. Come on. Come on, let's put our hands together. Come on, seven people. Seven people, seven people, God, this week direct my path let me see them father in Jesus name uh, hear the word as we stretch our hands and our heart it says in third John chapter one, one chapter it says beloved 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 the pastors are coming and they'll pray with you before you leave agree with you in prayer or something personal you're going through uh, they will pray with you but the scripture says beloved I pray that you may prosper in all things. Thank you for the teaching today. Beloved, uh, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health, just as your soul prospers. For I rejoice greatly when the family, the brethren, came and testified of the truth that is in you. Just as you walk in the truth, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Father, we stretch our hands and our heart for we receive truth this morning. In the name of the Father, we say thank you, Father. Thank you for grace and truth. Father, thank you for your son, Jesus, the anointed one, who died on a cross for our sins and now sits on the right hand of the Father, interceding for us, we say thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. And we thank you for the Holy Spirit that guides us. Second by second, moment by moment, we receive the blessing of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. God bless you. God bless your family online. God bless you.